please turn your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. I'm going to do a super quickie little review while you're turning there. And uh, don't worry about putting these scriptures up, uh, guys. But um, remember again that I said that we are more spiritual than natural. And, uh, you know, it, it is literally the theme of what we're doing right now. I've called it being eternal minded. This will be lesson three. And I said some things last week, and I really wanted to give you some scripture regarding it because <laughs> it was a lot of controversial stuff that I thought, oh, gosh, I shouldn't bring these things up unless I've got all my scriptures because uh, a lot of people don't know the stuff that, I, you know, that I'm teaching you guys. Um, so very quickly, just for last week, um, one of the things that we found out and that I said was, remember we talked about the rich man that went to hell and Lazarus, and uh, remember I said that, you know, we know that it is his soul that was in hell. Remember the Apostle Paul talked about us being spirit, soul, and body? That was in First uh, Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 23. Let me just read that quickly. Don't worry about putting it up. Remember again, he said that now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, and I said I want to put the word whole, whole soul and whole body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so I said to you that we are triune beings just like God is a triune being, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. And we were made in the image and likeness of God. And so when we you know, one of the things that happens, and a lot of people don't realize this, is in, in um, Ecclesiastes, and this is the scripture I was saying that I, w- I would give you, in Ecclesiastes 12.7, it actually said, then the dust will return to the earth. This is talking about your natural body as it was, and the spirit will return to God who gave it. So we understand it's talking about our body. When it ta- that's why they say dust to dust, you know, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. That, this is kind of where, a part of where they get it from. But again, you know, this shows us that the spiritual side of us, that life on the inside of us is God's life. And even though it activates the soul and brings the soul into being, the soul then should not live without it, but can live without it. All right, it shouldn't, all right, but it can live without it. And it's not a very great existence, as the rich man in hell found out. Um, because what happens is as your body dies, then your spirit and your soul are released. And if you are going to heaven, then your soul will be locked into your spirit and be taken to heaven. If you are not, if you are not saved, then what happens is, as you see in this verse in Ecclesiastes, your spirit will return back to God where it came from. However, your soul, now that is alive, will have to go somewhere else. And that's what's really sad. That's, what, that's why I said that this is what uh, was in hell when, the, when we were talking about the rich man. And we know, and a lot of times people don't realize that, you know, Hebrews tells us in Hebrews 10.39, but we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. Notice that it is your soul that needs to get saved. And yes, your spirit is recreated, but it is your soul that needs to be saved because that is the thing that will go to hell. Are you all with me? Amen. And so this is one of the things that in, in James 1.21, I'm giving you some scriptures just really quickly right now just to tie up all the little loose ends from last week. All right. I want to get to something this week. Uh, but in James 1.21, it says, Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. So that's in James 1.21. So we see that the, you know, the Bible, uh, all these Bible writers knew, all these apostles knew 
that it was your soul that really need to be, needed to be saved. Even though your spirit is recreated, it is your soul that needs to be saved. Are you all with me? Okay. Your body dies, it stays here. Now, for those of us who, get, who are saved, then we will get a resurrection body at the end. Hallelujah. So we will ultimately be spirit, soul, and body again. We'll be complete. Isn't that beautiful? Hallelujah. All right. Now, that was all from last week. <laughs> this week, we're in Ephesians. And what I want to do is uh, I want to carry through the theme that we are more spiritual than natural and really talk about being eternal-minded from that point of view. When I talk about being eternal-minded, I'm talking about being spiritually-minded, so to speak. I want to put that in, but then everybody thinks, oh, yeah, I've heard that. So I put another word in there. <laughs> so we are literally talking about being spiritually-minded, and we need to understand something, that even though we live in this natural world and in a natural body, there is more to us than we can see in the mirror. And that should be very encouraging to all of us, that there is so much more than we can see. And we need to understand that we, that part of us on the inside, that's the part that needs to be looked at. That's the part that needs to be taken care of. That is the part that, in a sense, uh, dictates how the rest of us out here goes. So if we are not doing well on the inside, we won't do well on the outside. Do you all know that? You know, if you're, you, can, you can look real great on the outside, be miserable on the inside. Hello, <laughs> okay? And on the other hand, you, you know, you could be so happy and so great on the inside and look not so good on the outside, but you got a smile on your face and you're happy, <laughs> okay? And, and uh, praise God. So really what I'm trying to do, especially in times like this where everything seems to be focused on the outward, where everything is about don't touch this and don't go there and everything else, we need to understand that as much as there are restrictions on the outside, there are not, there's no restriction on the inside. On the inside, it is just as free as it was before. And we need to be free on the inside more than we are looking for freedom on the outside. Can I just say this? If we can live from the inside out, then everything that we want on the outside will get to us. Amen. Where, where is that scripture, brother? <laughs> you all know it, but you never, you've never heard it said that way. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added to you. You won't have to go after them. You won't have to social distance them. You, okay? They'll all come to you. They will come to you. You do what is right spiritually, and all the natural stuff will get to you. You know, when people say, oh, no, you know, when God talks about it's all about spiritual blessing, it's not about the natural, silly. Listen, if you are spiritually blessed, then everything natural will come upon you, the Bible says, and overtake you. That's right. Amen. Amen. And we, you know, we see this very clearly with Abraham. He was very, very rich. He got right with God and dear Lord. <laughs> he, he had so much that, you know, him and his, his nephew Lot had to separate because it was too much. The land couldn't handle that. And his son Isaac, you know, in a time of famine, when everybody else had nothing, it says that he reaped a hundredfold. See, it's in pandemic, it's in darkness that we should be shining the brightest. Amen. So, I just need to get your mind off this realm and into another realm. That's my job, okay? Because that's where all... That's where everything is. Do you understand that that's what Jesus understood? That's the reason why when they were screaming and yelling and saying, we're going to sink, we're going to die. Because they were seeing the outside. They were seeing the storm. They were seeing their little boat going down. And they were seeing themselves dying. 
And Jesus didn't get up and go, Wow, this is a big storm. I am really moved by what I'm seeing. I'm making a point, <laughs> okay? He didn't do that. He didn't care what it looked like on the outside. He did something. He changed realms. And he, he employed a principle that actually um, created this realm. And God said, and God said, and everything became. And he stood there, and instead of going, whoa, this is bad, it says he rebuked it. He rebuked the wind, and he calmed the storm down. Do you know the wind was causing the waves? So if you read that incident, you find that he rebuked the wind. He told the wind off. I could just imagine he's saying, stop it. What are you trying to do, sink the boat? You know who's on here. <laughs> and the wind goes, oh, yes, yeah, so sorry. <laughs> I didn't know that was you. No. <laughs> Hello. Listen. And God made man in his image and his likeness. And God said, let them have dominion. And Jesus stood on that boat and took dominion. And it was in that realm that dominion lies. So let's go and have a look at that realm today. And let's have a look at our position in that realm. That was all my introductory com comments. No, <laughs> no, this is all what we need to know. Ephesians chapter 1, I'm going to be going through a lot of verses. Ephesians chapter 1, I'm in fact going to transition from verse 1 into verse 2, so follow me. I'm beginning in Ephesians 1 and verse 15, and I'm going to go all the way through to Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 7. This is for, the, for those at the back there that are doing the scriptures up here. All right, beginning in Ephesians 1.15. Remember again, the Apostle Paul is writing to the Ephesian church, here, Ephesian church here, and he says, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. This is verse 16 and verse 17. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. These are spiritual things. Are you seeing this? He, you know, the Apostle Paul is saying, listen, I'm praying for you on that level. I'm praying that you get all of these things because this is what you need to live your life. You know, a lot of times people are walking around in the dark. They don't know what to do, where to go. And, you know, they just have no visual of where they're headed for. If you don't know where you're going, you're never going to know when you get there. Neither will you know if you're going in the opposite direction. <laughs> okay? You have no idea. Okay? That's why he says in verse 18 that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. I didn't jump a verse, did I? I'm still good. Okay. What is the hope of his calling? What are the riches of the glory of his, in, of his inheritance in the saints? I mean, I could preach on this for months. <laughs> I'm not going to do that because I haven't got to where I need to get to yet. Verse 19. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe? exceeding greatness of his power toward us, but only who believe. It's all coming to us, but if we don't believe, we won't receive it. This is one of the things that we, this is a spiritual thing now. Get a hold of this now, okay? This is what I'm talking about, that we are more spiritual than natural. Everything that God is giving us is coming from that realm. It will manifest in this realm in different ways. You know, it may cause somebody to be uh, favorable toward you or to give you something or to bless you with something. That's a spiritual blessing manifesting in this earth. And it does it in a very, you know, 
it goes beyond my ability to explain so many things. God will do things and suddenly you'll meet up with somebody that you've never met before. They'll tell you, you know, this may have started with God. I don't know what to do over here. I'm not sure what to do. Suddenly you run into a person that you haven't seen for years. You start chatting along the way. They say, oh, by the way, I discovered this. And that's the answer to that prayer. It was in the middle of a conversation with somebody you've never seen before that you accidentally ran into. <laughs> Do you understand? This is how this thing works. And it works in all kinds of ways. It works in so many ways that we, you know, we come home and go, wow, can you believe that this happened and that happened? And yeah, that's God. That's why we need to understand we are more spiritual than natural. A lot more things are going on in that realm to get us things. As long as we know that's where it's coming from, then we'll know how to receive that into our lives. Amen? Rather than look at us, what we're capable of, and what's you know, in our vicinity, and go, oh, we can't do that because look. If you ask God, he'll go, oh, you can, because he'll say, Look, <laughs> he's got everything to look at. And he can do anything, however he wants, as long as you believe. We need to believe. Okay, so again he says, what is the exceeding greatness of his power in verse 19? Toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, verse 20, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places. Now that is a key verse because it's going to link up with something that we're going to read later on, all right, in this very book. So first of all, the Apostle Paul is making a point here. He's saying, listen, Jesus Christ, he who we call Lord, who lives on the inside of us, he is positioned at the right hand of God. He's seated in heavenly places. Okay, so you, we need to see this now, and, and it says again here, this is what God did, all right, which he worked in Christ when he raised him up, I'm back in verse 20, from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places, verse 21, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And, verse 20, he has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Now, see, all of that is wonderful, and you go, that's so great for him. How does that help me? I'm still a mess down here. It's great he's seated there. Um, <laughs> that's good for you. Chapter 2, verse 1. <laughs> okay. You know the people divided this. You know the Apostle Paul didn't go, now chapter 2, verse 1. He, they just wrote, man. They didn't even put punctuation. They just wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote. So we're the ones that went and divided. So let's just take the division out, can we? Because he hasn't finished yet. See, that wasn't what he was on about. He was saying, now you need to know that so I can say this to you, and which is uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. And... You he made alive. Now this is how it applies to you. Who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once, verse, uh, verse 2, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, um, verse 3, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by very nature children of wrath, just as the others. So he's saying, listen, I know where you came from. Don't look at me with a little halo on your head. I know I was there too. 
<laughs> okay? So, and we need to get this because we always think that God saves good people. Ooh, no. I tell you, the people that need the saving are the bad ones. <laughs> okay, you know. Yeah, you know. Remember when the Pharisees were carrying on about to Jesus? Saying, How come you're sitting with all them sinners and eating with them? And don't you know that's all unclean and everything else? And he said, Listen, he said, It is the sick that need the doctor, not the healed. That's right. Oh, that's, that spoke volumes. Amen. And so, you know, the Apostle Paul is saying the same thing. He goes, Don't you come at me looking all saintly. I know where you came from. Well, it's very, very, very bad, but we need to see this. Look at verse 4, but God. I love that it says, but God. As bad as you were, as just horrific as your lifestyle was, as much as you want to say, yeah, but God, you really don't want to save me. You don't know what I've done. And he says, you're the very person that needs to get saved. Can I tell you why? Remember what Jesus said? Remember when he, I think it was in Simon's house, and Simon was getting all upset because there was this woman that was washing his feet. And he's like, if you were a prophet, you'd know where that woman came from. (laughs) You know, (laughs) questionable, you know. Anyway, so, and Jesus tells him a little story, and he says, can I, Simon, let me tell you a story. I'm thinking it's Simon. Okay, if I got this wrong, I'm so sorry. It it was a dude, yeah, okay. So anyway, (laughs) he said, let me tell you a story. He said, you know, if there were two people that owed somebody, uh, you know, money, one owed him, like, say, 20 bucks. I'm now making this stuff up, but I just want to make a point. But he said, if they owed him, like, 20 bucks, another one owed him 20,000, and then the person that they owed it to forgave them their debt, which one would be more um, appreciative? Which one would be more thankful? And he said, well, obviously, the one that, you know, was forgiven the greater debt. And then he pointed to her and said, that's, that's what's going on here. And he said to him, you know, when I came in, you didn't wash my feet. You didn't do all the things that you should have done because you think you're all self-righteous and you all don't need much. Hello. And he did, by the way. Okay. But he was making a point. And that point, you know, travels across. The people that have done bad things that God has forgiven them are the most grateful. And they're the ones that will go and go out of their way. They will go the extra mile to get somebody else saved and somebody else in the kingdom because they know how bad it was for them. And if God was willing to forgive them, then they want to share that with other people and let them know no matter how bad you think you are, no matter how far down that rabbit hole you think you've gone, no matter how much you think there's no way back out, there is and his name is Jesus. And in a moment you can be out and forgiven of everything and put in a place of righteousness that is equal to God. If you confess or acknowledge your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us of all our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Which is why God says, their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. Amen. So we don't go in with our righteousness ever. We always go to God for forgiveness, receive his righteousness, and then we can stand against anything that the enemy does. Amen. And this is the good news that people want to share. This is why if you've been forgiven of a great deal, and the Apostle Paul is saying, regardless of what you've done, okay, the worse it is, the more you probably want to serve the Lord and do something to help others to get out of that same place. So anyway, he's acknowledging all of this, and he says here, but God, who is rich in mercy, notice he's not rich in judgment like so many people preach. He is rich in mercy 
because of his great love with which he loved us. I want you to notice it is his love that he loved us with. He didn't love us because we were lovable. I need you to get something here. This is very important. The Apostle John brought this out in his epistle as well. God loves us not because we're lovable, but because he is love. Remember, God is love. John, uh, 1 John 4, 8 and uh, 4, 16, I think. Both those two verses tells us that God is love, which means that God loves us because that's his nature. His nature is to love. You need to get this, family, because a lot of times the devil will come and say, Oh, yeah, no, God's not going to do anything because you've been a stinker all week. <laughs> okay? How, why do you think he's going to help you at all? Because he is love. Love is always willing to give. For God so loved the world that he gave. He is always loving and he is always giving. And that's what's so sad that the devil took, this, took something that the Old Testament didn't understand about God. Didn't understand about the devil. Made everything that the devil and God did all God. Which is why Jesus in John 10.10, 10, and which is why we named the church the way we did, made that distinction and said, by the way, you've been getting it wrong all these years. He said, listen, he said the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So everything you've been attributing to God hasn't been God, by the way. And he said, but I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. Now there is judgment and God will judge things. If he didn't, you're in trouble. Because those people that want to attack you, he will judge. He will stand and say, no. Don't you touch my anointed. There's a price to pay. And can I just say this? He doesn't need to do anything. Have you noticed if you turn the light off, the darkness just rushes in? Do you know what he does? He just backs off. Do you know why? Because people force him to back off by their disobedience. Have you, do you all realize that? Do you understand? I'm going to give you a cosmic truth now. Because, okay? because this is something that you need to see. Do you know what sin is? Sin is forcing God out of your life. God loves you. God is love. He wants to be a part of your life. He wants to protect you. He wants to look after you. That's why it says that it rains on the just and the unjust. You know, God's not going to go, oh, that's an unjust. Let's not rain on him. Let all of his crops die. <laughs> okay? It says that because God loves and because God wants to, to give everybody and bless everybody that he can. But something that the devil realized was if he can get man to sin, sin is doing something that is against what God said. Sin is when your parent says, don't put your hand on that stove when it's hot. Sin is saying, oh, well, I don't want to listen to you. I'm putting my hand on that. Ah! That wasn't your parent making, putting your hand on there and, and making it burn. He's, they said, don't do that. You decide you're going to do it. That's what the devil does. He's constantly getting men to do that. And damage themselves and put them out of the place where God can help them and bless them. That's all sin is. Sin isn't there to, you know, the devil isn't there going, Oh, well, you know, see, God's just there to take all your fun away from you. Listen, everything that is good for you, everything that blesses you, everything that will add to your life, God says you do those things. And everything that's going to take away from you, everything that's going to damage you, anything that's going to cause you grief, he says, don't do those things. Then that, that's when we draw the line and say, that's a sin. Get it? Because it's hurting you. 
Oh, I thought it was hurting God. No, it's hurting God because it's hurting you. Have you noticed that when a child hurts themselves, the parents are in pain? If they love the kid, I'm talking about normal parents, okay? <laughs> I know some weird ones out there, but I, you know, I'm talking about people that actually, normal people, all right? You know, when I, when I see one of my kids hurting, I hurt. That's right. Amen. It, you know, I take that on. That's, you know, it, if they're hurt, I'm hurt. And that's how the devil figured out he can hurt God. By hurting his kids. Anyway, so... <laughs> I still haven't got there. Okay, <laughs> it says, verse 4, But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, verse 5, even when we were dead in trespasses, watch this, made us alive together with Christ. Now he says, by grace you've been saved. So he's saying, listen, you need to make that decision, obviously. All right? And this is how he then he blesses you. So again he says, made us, to get, made us alive together with Christ because you received him. Verse 6, here it comes, and it says, And raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the age, verse 7, in the ages to come, he might show you the exceeding riches of his grace in the kindness toward us in Christ. Can you see something here? I want to do a backtrack. Can I backtrack? So I, I want you to notice it says that he raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places. Where? In Christ Jesus. So this takes us back to what happened to Jesus. So we are seated in Christ. Are you all with me? Okay, we're in there. Now let's go back and read what it said. In verse 20, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 20, so I'm going to jump back now, because I need you to see yourself in this place. Okay? So watch this now. Verse 20, I'll start there just to get the flow going. It says, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places. Now we're there. Watch verse 21. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also that which is to come. So it is above cancer and every other name that you can name. Get this now. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things. Do you understand that that's why this has taken us back to let them have dominion? And the only way that God could do this was to, to in Christ, bring us back to a place of dominion, because the place we were given before this was taken by the devil. He stole it in Genesis chapter 3. That's why he was able to tempt Jesus Christ with it in the Gospels, in the temptations. Remember, he said, he showed him all the world and, and said, I can give you all of this because it was given to me. Do you know who gave it to him? Not God, Adam. Because it was given to Adam and then Adam bowed his knee and gave it to the devil. So the only way now that we can become or have dominion again is now to go beyond that. And the only thing that was above Adam was God. That's why I said equal to. And the only way that he could get us to that place of authority once again was to actually take us above Adam's authority and to God's authority. In Christ Jesus at his right, God's right hand far above all principality and power and all dominion and anything else. All of that now is back under our feet. That's why I said, 
We need to understand that we are more spiritual than natural and that our life is in God, in Christ, seated at the right hand of God. That's where we should be operating from. Pandemic or no pandemic, that's where we should be. That's why we need to be spiritually minded. And why? The Apostle Paul says, in, we'll, we'll finish with this, in Colossians chapter 3. <clears throat> Colossians chapter 3, he actually tells us what it means to be raised with Christ. He says, if then you were raised with Christ. This is Colossians 3.1. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above. Did you see that? He says, if that's where you are, then that's what you should be seeking. You shouldn't be down here because that's where the blessing is. Okay? He said, seek those things which are above. Where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God, set your mind, verse 2, set your mind on things above, not on the things, or not on things on the earth. Not on pandemics, not on social distancing, not on we can't have this and we can't have that. I'm mad with the government because they won't let me have this. You know what? Let them do whatever. Let's pray and say, now God, that's what the government is saying. Can you do something? You know, God has ways of doing things that goes beyond whatever rules or laws that are being. And I'm not talking, he won't break any laws. I'll give you a quick example. Verse 3, i got to finish in verse 3. He says, for you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Do you know that's spiritual as well? You're all not dead naturally, okay? (laughs) You're still walking around. All right, but I want you to notice our whole existence is there. And, you know, God can do things beyond what we can ask or think. I know there was, you know, in, in this time, you know when we first went into lockdown, and remember how they said you can't travel beyond a certain point? And remember all that stuff that happened? And, you know, we, the shelves were empty and we couldn't get anything. You know, I'm, I'm very hesitant to share some of these things. Uh, but I think this is important that I give you uh, some sort of insight into this. You know, and so, you know, we just, we didn't panic. We just said, God, you're God. You look after this. So it happened. It's like the Bible. And so it happened one day, that, you know, that we had a doctor's appointment that we had made previously that we needed to go out of our local government area to another place because that's where the appointment was. It was, you know, by referral and all that stuff way back then, which was, you know, this is all before all this stuff happened. See how God looks ahead and makes a provision? So because we went there, guess what? We went shopping on the way back. (laughs) Guess what? They had everything we wanted. We even bought toilet paper. Yes, I know. It's ridiculous, isn't it? It's a bit pathetic, isn't it, when you get excited over toilet paper. Anyway, you know, we weren't even able to get that for friends that didn't have any. While everybody else was using something else. You know, like the guy goes in the store and, you know, he says, oh, can I have this jam? You know, do you have strawberry jam? He goes, yes, it's in this brand. No, we don't have that brand. And, 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 and so the, and there was another brand just as good. And, you know, so the manager's watching this, and the, the lady walks off all upset and everything. And the manager goes, what is wrong with you? you? You know, you could have offered her this other one. You don't just, listen, look for alternatives. And so, <laughs> and so the next person that comes in, uh, she goes, oh, are you having some toilet paper? And he goes, no, madam, we are not having toilet paper. However, we are do having sandpaper. <laughs> so, so I don't know what all they were using but, anyway. <laughs> but you know God has ways God has ways of doing things that <laughs> goes be- wasn't okay what he meant that goes beyond if you haven't figured it out that goes beyond what we can ask or think well you know if we were panicking God, God there's nothing there 
Meanwhile, God's going, yes, but I've fixed it. I've taken care of it. Just trust me. You know, and, and Pastor Sarah was talking about trust today. We need to learn how to, learn how to trust God again, just very simply. You know, sometimes we, we teach you things and things start to seem to get complicated, but it needs to come down to simple trust again. We just need to know that God is looking after things, that he has figured out your life, and, and that's the reason why you pray so that you can stay in his will. In other words, you can stay in that place where he's, he has fixed everything for you. If you walk that path, everything is there for you. You walk this path over here, nothing is there. Then you're going to be complaining, how come this isn't there and that isn't there? But on this path, everything exists. And that's why we always go to God, and that's why we pray. It's not a religious thing. It's like having that board meeting at the beginning of the, of the day and saying, all right, what are we doing today? What are our goals? Where do we go? What, what are the things that we need to get to? Amen? Where is the provision? Because whatever you are asked to do, you'll also be provided for to do that thing. Amen. All right. I have run out of time, so I'm going to leave it there for today. I pray that this has blessed you and this has helped you. We need to think differently. We need to think spiritually. We need to understand we are more spirit than natural. We need to understand that all of our existence, all the things that we have need of is in another realm, and it will make its way to us, and we can receive physical blessings down here as long as we understand its origin, where it's coming from, what the source is. And we keep our eyes on the source, not on what's around us and what's lacking, may I add, around us. Amen? Because you can wake up in a panic otherwise. Don't tell me nobody did. You know, you read the news and it's like doom and gloom. The shelves are empty. The shelves are empty. The sky is falling. The sky is falling. Where's Chicken Little? <laughs> okay? You know, two days later, oh, well, guess what? All the shelves are full again. Meanwhile, you were stressing for two days. But if you were with God, God would have said, don't worry, I'm looking after that. I'll take care of all of your needs according to my riches in glory, not according to all this. Hallelujah. Trust God. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you today for your word, and we thank you, Father, for all that you are doing for us in the background, for going beyond what we can ask or even think, God. And we thank you that while the world may be doing without a lot of things, and we do pray for them, God, we are meant to be the ones that help them. But we can't help them if we're panicking and if we don't know how to receive from you. And so, Father, we thank you that in dark times, we need to be the light. We need to show the way. And we thank you for all that you do for us, God, for all that you bless us with. We thank you for seating us in heavenly places in Christ, positioning us above every principality and power and all the things down here that are causing havoc. We thank you that we are seated above all of that, and all of that is under our feet. And we thank you that that dominion is given to us, not so that we can rule over people, but so that we can bless and look after people even with just our prayers, God, that we open doors in the Spirit so that you can bless them where they are. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.